welcome into the NBA Morning Deuce. Week one of the NBA is in the books. Four, let's see, four, five unbeaten teams remaining, and it's the five teams we all assumed would be the five unbeaten teams remaining in the NBA after one week of NBA yep. action. The Cavs, the Magic, the Hawks, the Pacers, and the, the one and oh Thunder. Oh, you're, you're counting the Timberwolves as not undefeated still? Yeah, well, we are recording this at midnight on the East Coast, and at midnight on the East Coast, the Timberwolves are losing 107-71. It's the final game of this Sunday night slate. Holiday weekend. Hope everybody had a great Christmas break, holiday break, four-day weekend. Whatever you celebrate, you get, you should have had four days off or four days to do what I did, which was drink and eat a lot and sleep a lot. I don't know what you did. I checked all three of those boxes. Um, <laughs> and watched a lot of football and basketball. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a perfect weekend. Can you tell if this hat is way too small, Joey, for the for our YouTube viewers? <laughs> um, I, I wouldn't. Have, I didn't. It didn't strike me as it, okay. but now that you say it, it might be a little small. It's not the hat really is the issue. It's just I have a gigantic head. But uh, let's get into it. I just checking. Okay. All right. Well, so today, and maybe we'll do this on a weekly basis. Um, I've seen some other shows do this, so this is not like an original content idea. But today we're going to do our our week one, our overreactions from the first week of the NBA season. And maybe if it goes well, we'll do it like a weekly, like what are you overreacting to from this week? Um, So I think that that's what we're going to do tonight. I mean, first we got to – we have to go through – we'll quickly just go through this Sunday. There was a lot of games today. Um, I'll kind of – I'm going to reel off the scores real quick for anybody who missed any of them. We're only going to probably hit a few of these games. Um the, the Magic stayed undefeated. They beat the Wizards without Westbrook. Pelicans beat the Spurs by three. Cavs beat the Sixers. Uh, Boston lost to the Pacers. Warriors lost to the Bulls, which we'll get into a little bit. Phoenix beat the Kings. Uh, we probably won't talk about that game very much. Uh, Brooklyn lost to Charlotte. And as I mentioned, the Lakers... Um, are beating the shit out of the T-Wolves right now. But I think the game, it doesn't even seem like it was on Sunday because it was in the middle of the day. It was so long ago, and there's so much that's happened since then. But I think the game we can start with is the Clippers. Like, Can you call it a game? I, don't, I mean, it was the two teams were on the court, but it was... Uh... I might. Clippers lost one... 24-73 to the Dallas Mavericks. Um, I were uh, like I. It's well established. I've I worked in the NBA for six years. I worked for the arguably the worst team to ever play basketball. We won seven games. I don't think we ever lost by fifty. And I can tell you this: I'm pretty sure we didn't score twenty-seven points in one half and be down fifty at half. They were down seventy-seven twenty-seven at halftime. They scored. Whatever order it was, 14 points and 13 points in the first and second quarter. I don't know which way it went. Now, Kawhi Leonard didn't play. And people, I maybe will point to that. But um, and this is an overreaction episode, and I'm not going to overreact to the third game of the season. And But what I will say if I was overreacting was, this is what a losing team does. Like, this is not what a championship team doesn't lose by 50 at home. Doesn't I don't care who's missing from you. I, Paul George and Kawhi could be out. 
mean, the Mavs are missing their second best player too. You don't lose by 50 points. It's embar- It's an embarrassment. It's you said I think the halftime score was by was definitely a record. Yeah, that was a record. It was 50 at halftime. <laughs> and then obviously then still losing by 50, 51 to be exact is that's just I mean, again, no Kawhi third game of the season but still unacceptable. I I can't I hard to even fathom. Like all right, since this is an overreaction episode, I'm going to toss one out there. Like, is this have Ty Lu in a little bit of hot water? To lose yeah. by 50 in the third game of the season is it's just unacceptable to me. I, I Like, you talk no. about teams like this team doesn't have any quit in them. Like, the Clippers have some quit, and they quit. They flat out quit on this game. Um, and that's bad. Yeah, but, I mean, they they beat the Lakers. They beat the, the Nuggets. Um, it, it Like, if they had lost their first two games and then this happened – People would be like, did they already quit on Ty Lue? But this is just such a weird one-off thing. Like, I, I don't understand how this happens. Um, again, I've been a part of some pretty awful teams, and I've never seen – I've seen some really bad losses. We probably did lose by 50 at least once or twice in that seven-win season, but we didn't have Paul George or Lou Will or really anybody that was on the team. You weren't in the luxury tax and like expected right. to win a, a title or contend for one. Um, so that that's just what an absurd. Uh, there's really not a whole lot to say. There's no like breaking the game down. They were four for thirty three for th- from three, um, and the only player that started that that made a three was Luke Kennard. Everybody else went over from three in their starting lineup. It's just embarrassing. And, I think it. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and some again, people like, try to explain it away as an anomaly or like uh, like they didn't have Kawhi, but it isn't. It's no, it's flat out embarrassing. Well, yeah, and it's a loser's mentality. Like you don't, it it, it is just one game, and it's it's not going to impact them being one of the higher seeds in the West, being in the playoffs. It won't impact the bottom line at at the end, but it does tell you a lot about a team to get absolutely pounded like that at home. At any point, I don't care yeah. time of the day, whatever. It's just crazy. Yeah. When you're supposed to be that talented. Like, if you're that talented, one player missing, even if he's your best player, shouldn't impact you like that. Agreed. Um, speaking of getting pounded, the Bucks get pounded by... I mean, this is a, this is going to be a lot of people getting pounded. The, these I got four games that we're going to talk about, and then we'll go on to our overreactions. The Bucks. this one's a little more concerning to me. Um, and we'll, we probably don't need to get into it too much because this also will tie into one of your overreactions. Unless you want to just do this overreaction yeah. for you right now. Yeah, let's just integrate them if you want. Um, so the Bucks lose by 20 to the Knicks. They shot 7 of 18 from 3. They only took 18 threes, which is kind of crazy. Um, 7 of 18 from 3. Giannis finished with 22 points, 1 of 6 from 3, and Drew Holiday only had 8 points. Uh, again, only a third game of the season. But it's not like they looked great in the first few games. They, they looked okay. Like, Chris Middleton's looked great. Yeah. Um, and he played pretty good again today, I think. But, like, as a team, I think there are still people questioning whether they got better or not. And, then and again, like, the Knicks stink. And they're well coached. But 130 from the, the Knicks scored 130 points? That's very concerning. Yeah. Yeah. The Knicks do stink. There's no doubt about that. Like, I know it's early, and, you know, it's a fresh start for a bunch of teams. The Knicks are bad. Um, they were missing Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly. 
two, mm-hmm. which is their two so, first round two picks. Good rookies, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, yeah, it's a twenty point loss. It's not like a like sound the alarm thing for the Bucks. Like the Bucks are still going to win a bunch of games. This Nothing year. at this point is right. right. Um, but for me, just to get my my overreaction in there, like Giannis's big issue, not being able to shoot the ball and not being able to score at all three levels is still a huge issue. And, uh, you know, we didn't expect it to get corrected in, in one offseason. Um, but, like, I, I've seen Milwaukee play a couple times. The shot is ugly. It still is. Um, this just – it it's not how you win seven-game series when your best player can't score at all three levels. Like, and not even not – even, he doesn't even have to be, like, dominant in extending right. the floor. He just has to be effective, I guess. I have – Real concerns about the Bucks in the playoffs, not the regular season, but in the playoffs. Yeah, I, I, um, and you said like you don't expect it to. They're one and two now. Like, you know, it's interesting is that I think I brought this up at one point in the off season, which was, do they are they going to start the season slow, and then Budenholzer gets fired, and then they go on their run and and still finish with a really good record. I know it's only three games. They're one and two. They just got pounded out by the Knicks. Maybe that's where the maybe it's going to trend that way. And to your Giannis point, I don't think it's an over like it is. I don't think it's an overreaction, right? Like it's not really that much of an overreaction to to because it's true. I mean, he can't shoot, and also, yeah, it doesn't take one offseason to fix your shot. But he's also not young. Yeah, I mean, he is. What is he? Twenty six. He's twenty six. So, but like, but but, uh, yeah, at some point for so many years, right? At some point in your career. You get to a point where you're, it just isn't fixable. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it is yeah, a huge concern. So, Who'd so they long lose long. to? They lost to the Knicks and was uh, it, did they second, lose to the Celtics? Uh, the Celtics in the first game with that wild ending. Right, right, right. So, and then the Celtics lost tonight to the Pacers. So, you know, the Celtics have some questions. Like, Celtics not at full strength against the Bucks and beat the Bucks. No Kemba. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously Kemba is impacting them because, you know, losing to the, they shouldn't lose to the Pacers at this point in the year. The Pacers are not great. They're okay. They're not I will great. Say, so, pa- I watched that fourth quarter. The Pacers defense was fantastic in that fourth quarter. Pacers are, they're a solid team. Yeah. But we, we have, I mean, we're pretty high on the Celtics. So, yeah, definitely. Definitely. And coming off beating the Bucks, And so and then now the Celtics are one and two. Um, So... Yeah, that I that's fair. It's a fair one. I I would say that I just I don't I agree with you. I, but I and I also don't know that it's a huge over I I don't think like as an overreaction topic people would be like, "No, you're wrong. He got better." Yeah, <laughs> he, yeah it's true. You I, know what I mean? I guess maybe it's not an overreaction, but it's like Well, you're, your overreaction I'm, is that it's hugely concerning to the playoffs and Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm yeah. pointing out a glaring flaw in the back-to-back MVP. So it's just yeah. kind of like counter you know he's and, a great and, player but and it's that just, it's gonna and that it is going to impact them in the playoffs yeah after three games it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be a huge huge issue yep I, I i'm with you i agree i mean i think we've been on the same page with that for a while yeah um all right your boys got blown out by the Cavs, but you didn't have Embiid. you watched this whole game so yeah this was another one of your overreactions but it was about the Cavs. yeah um I think the Cavs are half decent <laughs> in terms of a regular season. Yeah, um, and it's because, I mean, we know Kevin Love and 
Andre Drummond are like very, very solid, uh, way above average NBA players. This like was that. Love's first game, I think. Uh, he played 15 minutes in the previous game and nine okay. tonight, so he's still not all the way back. But um, we knew those those there was a solid front court. Their backcourt is is taking a leap. Like Garland and Sexton are good players, um, and they're super young. Uh, and then they have some juice off the bench, like Jetty Osmond. Um, Dante Exum got 23 minutes, and like his, I mean, I, I he's not getting gonna, like I would say I think it's a huge deal that they're able to bring Osmond off the bench. Yeah, like he's a he's a good player. He just was probably never your your ceiling was never going to be very high with him as your starting three. Mm-hmm. But he's a really good role player off the bench. Um, so, so here's the overreaction part of it. I think they they have a shot at the eight seed after three games. Um, and that's a, that's a yeah, that, that that's is contingent on Kevin Love being healthy for sure. If Kevin Love's healthy or, and the rest of the team stays healthy, I, I think their backcourt is ready to take a big enough leap where they're like they're they're an eight seed. I mean, I was looking at or at least in contention for it. You've got a wry smile on your face. You think that one maybe is too much of an overreaction? No, I mean I that's what overreactions are yeah. meant to be. I I don't. They haven't played anybody, right? Like they're they played they're, the Sixers, <laughs> right? But the Sixers without Embiid, and then they beat the Pistons. Um, I don't remember who else they beat, but they beat the Pistons, the, the, the Hornets in game and one, and the Hornets. Uh, the Hornets beat the Nets. Um, you know what? The, the, I think it. Yeah, I don't know that I I don't I don't know that I can get on board with this just yet. So that's definitely a big overreaction. I will say they are definitely after watching them in their first two games. I didn't watch this one. They're definitely more talented than I thought. Uh, Garland has made a huge leap. Mm-hmm. Like watching Garland last year, I didn't even think he was an NBA player. Now he actually looks pretty good. Yeah, he's. Solid. I, I I and Sexton's shot looks really good. So yeah, that's a g- decent, pretty good backcourt. Drummond looks like he's potentially going to be like a defensive player of the year candidate this year. He's on a tear already. Um, and Akaro looks really good. Yeah, they're talented. We didn't even mention Larry Nance is a solid player. I mean, he's, he's not going to move he's the fine. needle. He's but, a solid player. Yeah, I mean, the bottom of the that eight seed in the East is probably going to be up for grabs all year. I don't know that yeah. there's a team that's locked in there. I'd um, even lump the seven seed in there. Like the seven and eight seed are wide open for like six or seven teams. Um, and I and I was well, not counting the Cavs as one of those teams in, until tonight. Well, part of the reason for that might be one of my overreactions, which we'll talk about in a, okay. in, a in a few. <laughs> which I think I also agree with. Yeah. Um, all right. Last game from tonight was Brooklyn, and I watched this game. Brooklyn lost by two to Charlotte. Um, and I'll go. Here's my first overreaction from the first week. Despite this loss, despite losing this game, the Nets are the best team in the East. Um, having watched every team now in the in the, in the Eastern Conference, they're just they're too good. They're too they have too much talent. Kevin Durant's too good. Like it's it just there's no one else. It, I don't care if Giannis is back to back MVP. I don't. I love Jimmy Butler. What he did in the playoffs was incredible, but. I love Tatum and Jalen Brown both have all NBA potential and could be and will be stars and probably kind of are. No one, none of them are KD. There's nothing like KD. Really, outside of LeBron, there's nothing like him in the NBA. Like he just changes the whole dynamic and him being healthy and looking the way he looks, they're the best team in the East. It's not by a wide margin, maybe, because there are some questions defensively, although, you know, they only. 
gave up 106 points. Their issue in the game against the Hornets today on Sunday was scoring the ball. They were really cold in the first half. They didn't shoot the ball well. But there's there's something about the way they're built, at least offensively, when I watch them, where I'm like, they're, they're probably the closest thing to what the Warriors were when the Warriors were at their best, offensively. They don't have a Draymond Green who anchors your defense, but Jared Allen looks really good. DeAndre Jordan's solid. Um, they actually they switch one through four and sometimes one through five when Jared Allen's in there. They gave up 64 points in the paint to the Hornets, which is one of my major concerns. Like, that's that can't happen. But ultimately, when it came down to it at the end of the game, they seem like a lot of times we'll see them play down to competition this year and then turn it on when they need to. Mm-hmm. But there was never a point in that game, and 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 that's even con- and even like with seven minutes or six minutes left in the fourth quarter, they were down sixteen, and I was like, they're going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Like there was never a point where I was like, they're not going to win this game, and then they cut it to two, and that's where my only other concern with the Nets comes in, is that down two with the ball with thirty seconds left, Kevin Durant never touched the ball. Kyrie took it. That's insane. And went know. to the rim and got blocked. That's that is if there's going to be a concern with this team, that could be a concern down the line when they play close games against better teams. But ultimately, at least in the regular season, they're not going to have a lot of close games. Like these games, I don't think are going to happen a ton. They're going to beat, they're going to beat the brakes off of a lot of teams. Charlotte, fun young team, a lot of talent, like young talent. They they play fast, like they they push it on makes and misses. Terry Rozier is playing out of his out of his mind. Looks like a totally like different player. Dunked on Kevin Durant so hard, like really? poster dunk that. in his face. KD fell like on his back. It was nuts. Um, but despite all that, they only lost by two points. They were down sixteen in the fourth quarter with six minutes left. They lost by two. Um, and Steve Nash has only coached three NBA games. Like they're the best. To me, it's probably an overreaction. But I think they're the best team in the East. All right. I, so I would call that an overreaction if you had said by a wide margin. But you, you clarified. You said not by a wide margin. But I'm I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to argue they're not the best team in the East because of Durant's health. Um, but there are like Boston, Miami, Milwaukee. Like those oh, are East. really 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 good teams. So it's the not East like is really good. Yeah, it's the not East like the really Nets are head and shoulders above everybody else. And I'm not ready to. Maybe I am. I don't know. <laughs> but. I, I don't think that's a wild overreaction. Kevin, he's just everything's so easy. Like, yeah, he, that's why I like they're they're down sixteen, and, and I'm just like every time he touches the. I think you mentioned this last time, on on the last time we reacted to one of their games. Every time he touches the ball, and every time he shoots, it's like it's it it looks it's like a good it's, shot. It's, 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 it's going like, in. Yeah, like there's you never he he. It reminds me a little bit of. Larry Bird and Dirk. Like every time one of those guys, every time if you go back and watch games like Larry Bird back in the day, or if you go back and watch Dirk, they never shot a, a shot that didn't look like he was going in. Right. And that's kind of what KD has when in, with him. Like every shot, even at the end of the game, he had a he had another chance. Bismack Biombo, incredible closeout, great defense, but he had a chance. It was a mid range, like fifteen foot jumper that he just he just rimmed out. He had mm-hmm. a chance. But it looked it looked good the whole way. Like you never he never takes a shot where you're like that's not going in. 
And the most incredible thing is like this guy just missed a whole year and then we've been in COVID. So it's not like he can play pickup every day. Like this dude's probably not even totally in rhythm yet in terms of the speed of the game. Like, I mean, I know he's not, I mean, he's feeling it like he he's bad, but I, I wouldn't say he's at a hundred percent like peaking right now because he yeah. hasn't played basketball in a year. Yeah. I will say not that this would change my overreaction, but Spencer Dinwiddie did have a non-contact knee injury that they say is a knee strain. Okay. It'll be reevaluated tomorrow, but they showed the replay like three times. No one hit him. Nothing happened. He just, he planted yeah. wrong and then he had to leave the game and never came back. And if they were to, if that is serious, which you never know with a non-contact injury, it could be serious. Yeah. That would be a big hit to them, but they're so loaded. I just, I still yeah, think they'd that, be the best team in the East. That would not be like detrimental. Um, but that would, it really would suck. Here, the way it would hurt is, well, you know what I think would happen? You know who I think might go into their starting lineup? Karis if, Levert or, or uh, Luawu? Yeah. <laughs> he, played, he played most of the fourth quarter, and he hit a bunch of big shots. Yeah, that and dude And every is time like, he plays, he makes big shots. Mm-hmm. He's so goddamn athletic. He's just, like, still a little bit raw, it looks like. But he, he's he's polishing his game up a little bit, and, like, I just feel like... He hasn't hit his ceiling yet. He's only 25. Yeah. Part of what um, makes them great is that Karis Liver comes off the bench. So they can they can have situations where KD and Kyrie don't play for long stretches and it's not concerning because Karis Levert's that good. Yeah. And I don't think they would want to put him in the starting lineup. So someone would have to come. Like it would, or it would probably be Landry Shamit. Mm-hmm. But it could be Cabr- Luawu Cabro because he, I mean, Landry Shamit, I think. I didn't have the box score pulled up, but I think at one point he was like 0 for 8 or 0 for he 9. He went 3. 0 for 8. I have the box score. He was 0 for 8 today. So yeah. So, and, and Cabarro sure. came in and like was just gunning and he hit some big, big shots in crunch time. So, I he's going to get more run, especially yeah. if Shamit doesn't get off this, this slump because he hasn't looked good early in the year. Uh, but we'll see. I mean, the Dinwiddie injury wouldn't be, it would suck if they lose him, but it wouldn't change my outlook right now. K- Katie's just too good. Um, let's see. We already did two of your overreactions, right? Cleveland um, and Giannis. Yes. Yep. All right. Uh, my my second overreaction from the week is despite now here's a, this is a, sort of goes the opposite way. So the Warriors beat the Bulls on a buzzer beater tonight by Damian Lee. I think it was one twenty nine, one twenty eight was the final score. But despite that, I'm going to say this: not only are the Warriors not a playoff team. I think they might be one of the worst teams in the NBA. They're really bad. They're, and part of it is, look, maybe Ke- like Kelly Oubre can't be as bad as he's playing right now. He is 7 of 40 from the field, 0 for 17 from 3, and 1 for 34 on non-dunks, which means six of his seven, <laughs> field, six of his seven field goals so far have been dunks. Um, Andrew Wiggins looks lost even though he's playing a little better, actually, at least if like scoring-wise. But he there was a point down two today, <laughs> down two in the game, drives from the wing, misses a wide-open layup, and then misses two point-blank putbacks. And Insane. luckily, Kevin Looney was there and yeah. got it and tied the game. Like, he those, two guys, because... those two guys look so bad. And Steph doesn't look good either, by the way. Like, Steph had a decent game today, but shooting-wise, 11 to 25 is okay. 5, five of 15 is okay. He had 36. But Steph doesn't look very good either. And I know they're missing Draymond, 
But I don't think Draymond is going to make that big of a difference. This team, when Steph's not, if particularly when Steph is not on the floor, this team is awful. And we've talked about it a few times. But man, it took every ounce of what they had in them to beat the Bulls, who, by the way, are not very good either. But they're also, they're super young. Like, they mm-hmm. could be good eventually. I didn't think they were going to be good. But the Bulls are not very good. Um and then you could see in the reaction when Damian Lee hit that three, their whole bench came running out to midcourt. They were jumping on each other, celebrating. Like, it looked like they just won a championship. Yeah. Like, that to me signals a team that kind of knows what they are. Like, if they're celebrating that much for a win in the third game of the season, like, I get it. It's a game winner, buzzer beater. It's cool. But the way they were celebrating was like, all right, uh, we're not going to get a lot of these this year, boys. <laughs> so we better celebrate when we can. I, I am hoping that that reaction was because it was Damian Lee, who's like, you know, this like very unheralded player. Like he's kind of the last guy on the roster you think would, would drill a, a game winner. So maybe they're all super fired up because their boy hit this unlikely game winner. Um, But Jesus, that this is actually in my overreactions. That's is true. Just how unbelievably wrong I was about both of these teams, the Warriors and the Bulls. Um, But here, here, hear me out. I think it is too much of an overreaction to say the Warriors are one of the worst teams in the league until we see Draymond back. Um, Draymond can make this team okay. Defensively, <laughs> maybe they'll be better defensively. Well, they'll definitely be better defensively, right? With, but how? How? But Draymond is a very is a limited offensive player, so I'm not sure how he makes them better he is, offensively. But he's, a, he's he's a better passer than anybody they have in there now, besides Curry. Um, so that'll help. Passing um, to guys who can't. Make I just, shots. I, I, we got to see what what Draymond does here before we label them one of the worst teams in the league. But here's my thing with Draymond, at least offensively, it's not like bringing Draymond back makes scoring easier for Ubre and Wiggins because it's not like he's like impacting the spacing. Yeah, you know, so it just now Wiseman's very good. If Still Wiseman. Down. What's yeah. maybe I don't know if there's some way Wiseman, Curry, and Draymond become like, you know, some type of weird big three and go and get it together and have like this chemistry. Mm-hmm. Maybe that could happen because Wiseman is very good and much better than I thought already. Like so quickly, but they stink, and they have the worst bench in the NBA. And you could argue, and anybody can well, come. I, they, anybody can anybody can try to come argue that with me. Look at but the they, team they just played. The Bulls might have a worse bench. The Bulls bench is horrible. Otto Porter, Otto Porter, and Thomas Sadoransky are better than any two players that the Warriors have I, on their bench. I don't like Sadoransky very much, but I like. That's fine. He's still a better player than any two players. He's better than Brad Wanamaker. I know Brad Wanamaker had a good playoffs. Tom Sadoransky is better than Brad Wanamaker. Like their their bench, the Warriors bench is the worst bench in the NBA. It's so 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 bad. Hold on, I gotta pull up the box score because now I, I I don't even remember who's on their bench. They're so bad. It's just it's horrendous. It's Kevin Looney, Michael Mulder, who I didn't even know was an NBA player until these last couple games. Jordan Poole, Eric Pascal, Damian Lee, Brad Wanamaker, and Eric Pascal is only off the bench now because he lost his spot in the starting lineup to Juan Toscano Anderson. <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? It's just... It's bad. It's bad. It's Um, bad. And yes, yes, Draymond will make a difference. 
He's not making a difference for this team making the playoffs. This team ain't making the playoffs. Ooh, okay. I'm man. I, I, I you you you're, it's you're like probably right. You're probably right that saying they're the, one of the worst teams in the league is an overreaction. That's why it's an overreaction. But even when I wrote Warriors are not a playoff team in the overreactions, I didn't think it was an overreaction. They're bad. They're bad. My tail is like between my legs right now because I was just so high on the Warriors and I was so high on this uh, Steph Curry revenge tour. So I'm just trying to hold out. Give me give me five games with Draymond in the lineup before I fully eat crow and I'm like, okay, this team's fully dog shit. But right now, they're bad, really bad. Oh, yes, like, I don't know. How they else are to bad. They it's, are bad. It's tough and, to watch. And the last five minutes of this game was brutal. You know, it was amazing. Steph took his braids out, and then the Warriors released that video where he made 105 threes in a row, and everyone was freaking out. Everyone was freaking out. Let me explain something. And then I was talk I was on a I was on like a Zoom call with my brother and some other uh, buddies yesterday because someone mentioned that that video. Let me explain something about that video. I'm not going to dog Steph Curry. Like 105 threes in a row is incredible, right? Mm-hmm. When I was in Charlotte, we had a guy named Brian Roberts. I don't even know if do you even remember Brian Roberts? Uh, Brian Roberts to me is a second baseman for the Orioles from okay. a while ago. We had a point guard named Brian Roberts. He was our backup point guard. He wasn't, I mean, for an NBA player, he didn't play a lot. I used to rebound for him every day after practice, every day. And every day, the first thing we would do, or one of the first things we would do is he would just go around the three-point line. I would rebound. I would count in my head uh, and how many he made in a row. And and then we I would count like how many he made out of whatever. So like 50 out of 100 or whatever the number was. One day... He made 74 in a row on the move. On the move. Like, right. like yeah, after every shot, he moved to a new spot. He made 74 in a row. Steph made 105 in the same spot. Again, not, not shitting on him. I'm just saying NBA players are fucking amazing. Like, this is what yeah. in an open gym with nobody guarding you, everyone was like, Steph's back. Steph's back. He made 105 in a row. Yeah. He had a good game, but this team's bad. This, this team is not good. I totally miss that whole thing. I mean, it's funny. Like, he lets his braids go. Like, maybe his braids are too tight. Like, I get the gist of it, the joke, like why it would go viral on Twitter and stuff. But, yeah, Steph Curry's had 105 threes in a row probably, like, 50 times in his life. You know what I mean? Like, he pre- yeah. like, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's it. Another team. Here's a, I'll give you another overreaction about a bad team. And I think you're going to be right there with me on this one. Um. We were right about the Raptors. This is feels, not a playoff. Feels th- good th- to be right. This I wish is, it didn't this, feel this, so this team is not a playoff team. And and this is part of the reason why maybe two playoff spots could be open in the East because yeah, this team's not very good. Um, they actually, I guess if they didn't have Norman Powell, they could probably be in, com- in competition for the worst bench in the NBA. This team is... And here's, the, and here's what's crazy about the Raptors. They used to be all – their whole thing used to be their bench, like their yeah. depth. Like they had the – remember there was like the bench mob. It was like yeah. two, two or three years ago. I think before they got Kawhi, they mm-hmm. had all these great bench players. And then even with Kawhi, you know, like Fred Van Fleet was coming off the bench and because Danny Green was there. Um, and they had, a, they had good players. Their bench has gotten worse every year, and now it's just awful. And it's being – it, it, it's even more so because of the loss of, of Ibaka and Marcus Gasol. They're going to be a bad defensive team this year. 
because of that. Like, they're playing Aaron Baines and Chris Boucher a ton of minutes. They got beat down by the Pelicans in the first game. Then they lost 119-114 to San Antonio in their second game. And the only reason they were that close is because Chris Boucher had 22 points. If the water boy, if the, if, the, if, <laughs> if the water boy is getting you 22 points a game and you can't win, you're, you're in trouble. That's a bad team. I think it might be a bad team. They don't look good. And the problem is it's just it's scoring. Like Fred Van Vliet like can't be your leading scorer. Like Siakam has first, to be first game he had nine points, second game he had twenty seven. That's yeah. how it's gonna go all year. Yeah. I mean Pascal Siakam, he stuffs the stat sheet. He really does. Like he, he's he plays hard and everything. He's just not the scorer I think they paid him to be. And that that's a pretty big problem for them. I I don't know. OG Ananobi with ten points again. Like this is against the Spurs I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like they don't have any firepower. They just don't have it. Yeah. Unless Fred Van Vliet gets really hot. Oh. And they and one and their defense is not going to be good. Right. They like promise. you can't count on Aaron Baines to be the anchor of your defense. You went from a former defense, two former defensive players. No matter what their age is. By the way, Serge Ibaka looks great for the Clippers, mm-hmm. and Marcus All tonight looks incredible for the Lakers. So. No matter what about their age or what they look like in the playoffs, you're talking about two former Defensive Player of the Year candidates. Marcus All might have even won it one year. I believe he did. I think he did. Yeah, yeah, he's got one. Um, LeBron was like pissed that Marcus All got one of his Defensive yeah, Player of the you Year. Yeah, you go from those guys to, I look, I love Aaron Baines. I love Aaron Baines. But he's like 36, dude. And he was never like a defensive stalwart. And then you got him and Chris Boucher. That's a problem. I don't think people. Prob- I don't know. Not that, in like the cool way. Not like oh, they're a yeah, problem. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's yeah, like yeah no, a problem. Th- that is. It's an issue. It's an yeah, issue. It's an issue. They're not a problem. They're an issue. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So I think we were right about the the Raptors overreaction. By the overreaction, way, three this games is an, in. This is an overreaction. Two games in. They only played two games. Right. right. But overreaction. The Raptors are bad, and they're not. A, we are right that the Raptors are bad. Is yeah. that fair? Yeah, I think it's completely fair. After, As long as we acknowledge that it could be an overreaction. Right. Um, I'm just going to run through my last two overreactions, and okay. then we'll get to your last two. Teams in the East that were interested in Harden and then su- suddenly became not interested in Harden should be interested in Harden. Yeah, it's, um, a, it's a long walk to get there. but Is I, that fair? I, yeah. And they should be calling, and it should be done already. If you watched him in that first game against the Blazers without Eric Gordon, John Wall, DeMarcus Cousins, first game ever playing with Christian Wood, shorthanded, half the team has COVID. He has 44 and 17. Insane. He is. 44 and 17 is like a joke. And if you're a team in the East, Miami, um, Philly, Philly, any of these teams, and you're watching Brooklyn right now, and you, like, I would be concerned. I would pull the trigger just from an offensive firepower standpoint. Like defensive, being a great defensive team. Like Miami's a great defensive team. Miami shoots the ball really well. Um, they do a lot of things great, but eventually, a team with the offensive firepower of the Nets can overwhelm you. It's going to be really hard to play forty-eight minutes of perfect defense against a team that has that many weapons. Mm-hmm. So you got to fight fire with fire at some point, and. The, there just happens to be a guy who can go get you 44 and 17 
and look like he's, you know, out of shape. Yeah. Dude, I so I I didn't watch the game, but I, I was checking the box score all along, and I think he had like nine assists like halfway through the second quarter. So like in my head, I was like, okay, he's that. This is what he's doing. He's he's gonna just just like take the high road and, and get twenty assists in this game, right? And I check it later, and he put up forty four, and it's it's like I was just laughing to myself. I'm like, this guy, I mean, he he hasn't played basketball either. You know what I mean? Like these, he just steps in there cold. I mean, he played in what one preseason game, right? Um, mm-hmm. I think that steps last in one. cold puts up 44 and 17 like it's absolutely nothing again I keep coming back to it guys were not playing pickup basketball and organized basketball this summer like he just oh you don't he, think James Harden was playing pickup well he was playing pickup something but I I don't know what that was. you tried you tried you went <laughs> you went for it the point is like if you're the six this I'll tie this into one of my overreactions about Ben Simmons like you got to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden yesterday I mean, this is like, what are we even talking about here? Um, ben Simmons is a great me. defensive I think you've player. gotten me. After seeing what they did against, um, who did they lose to tonight again? Cleveland. After seeing what they did against Cleveland without Joel Embiid, you, I mean, Dude, this it's guy, probably an overreaction, but I think you've gotten me turned on, on board. Ben okay, yeah. thank you. Because I mean, I mean, Grant, I watch. I've watched a lot more Sixers than you, so it like sure. I he he's. Ben Simmons is unbelievable on the fast break. He's a fantastic defender, but he is an absolute liability in half-court offense. He, he he doesn't help you. He doesn't stretch the floor. His passing is only really an asset on the move, like in like in fast break situations. So right. for Ben Simmons to be off the table for James Harden is like malpractice, honestly. And I don't think he is. I think the Rockets don't want him. You know what I mean? Maybe. Um, but if he is, like, if, you know, Rockets are interested in Ben in Ben Simmons. This trade should be done already, um, and I'm with you that like the Heat Tyler Hero cannot be off the table. I know I'm no one's off the table. On There's yeah. really no. I don't Jalen Brown. That's, just, I that's think the we tough one. It's captive captive of the moment type of thing, right? Like we just yeah. saw Tyler Hero play great in the playoffs. I love Tyler Hero. I think he's an All Star at some point, and we just saw James Harden lose in the playoffs again. Um, and now we see all this shit, and we forget like he's James Harden. Yeah, like, you gotta you gotta he's make a top the deal. five scorer of all all time. Like, come on. Yeah, you gotta make the deal, especially especially if you're and and here's the other thing, if you're a team in the East, you almost have to make the deal to make sure he doesn't end up in Brooklyn. Yeah, because then you're basically punting on the like th- that's a wrap at that right. point. If it happens, yeah. yeah. So, um, but he's so uh, he's so good. He's so and and the thing is is like people could say whatever they want about all the things he's doing off the court, the distractions, the arguments and practice, this and that. He could also go out there and just play terrible and not try. Mm-hmm. Like there's something to be said about him going out and winning games for an organization he, or trying to win. They lost in overtime, but going out and trying to win. By the way, shout out to CJ McCollum in that game who was yeah, out of his also mind. At also at 44, yeah. couldn't miss. But um, you know. He, there is something to be said about a guy who wants to be traded, hates his situation, doesn't want to be around his teammates, doesn't even want to be in Houston, but goes out and just does his job and carries a team of, outside of Christian Wood, pretty much a team of bums. That one, yeah, the team they put on the floor. Yeah. Effort, yeah. Um, and PJ, I, PJ Tucker. Yeah. Um, like, the, to, to for, career high in assists, I mean, just... I'd like to think, like, his agent... 
got in his ear and was like, hey, James, like some teams are getting concerned like about all this off the court stuff, you know what I mean? And he's like, what, concerned about trading for me? Like, okay, hold, hold on a second. Let me just put up 44 and 17, and then we can forget about all that. Like, You know when I you know when I really – what made me really, like, love James Harden? There's a documentary um, on – it might have been – show. it's either show, like Showtime or about the Drew League. Okay. Like all, like, all these guys that play pickup out in L.A. Yeah. And, and in one of the scenes, James Harden's playing against – DeMar DeRozan and there's some other like a bunch of NBA guys mm-hmm. playing and Kobe shows up and no one wants to guard Kobe or no one wants to go at Kobe because it's Kobe, like they're like oh it's Kobe it's Kobe and Harden's like give me the fucking ball <laughs> and then him and Kobe just went at each other and I'm like all right this dude's a killer yeah, I mean he's a killer awesome. I mean it's just pickup but it just shows them and he's just like no matter what he does and it's, it's it's another one of those things where it's like we, we, we like media, which I guess technically because we're on a podcast, we're considered media fans, people in general. Like, we probably do overreact way too much to the shit these guys do, all, like off the court and in their mm-hmm. own personal lives. Because at the end of the day, if this guy's just going to go out there and get you 44 and 17, like, go to the strip, go to all the strip clubs, go to all the clubs. I mean, you should be wearing a mask, you should be social distance, be safe. But if you're doing things safe, then go do your thing. If you're coming right. back, if, if you're testing negative, you're doing the protocols, all that stuff. Because think about this. Think about this also, right? James Harden is getting shitted on by the media. He's getting shitted on by everybody for going to a club and all this. Comes back, does his quarantine, gets his negative tests, plays. Meanwhile, John Wall, Eric Gordon, Boogie, and other people all went to the same house to get haircuts. And they all have COVID. And they all have to quarantine and miss games. So who's the bad guy? Like, you know what I mean? It, it's kind of yeah. it's kind of crazy the way things get spun. Mm-hmm. But know, Kenny Kenny Smith had a fantastic point on one of the halftime shows. I forget for what what game, but they're talking about like dysfunction and Harden, and he's like, "Who who cares about dysfunction if you're winning? Like, I, some of the best teams I were I was on were the most dysfunctional teams I was on. Like, don't have to it like really doesn't matter what's going on off the court if you're winning." Mm-hmm. Um, and if you that's have James where, Harden, you're that's also win where games. like back back like when OKC first became like what they are with KD mm-hmm. and all these guys, they always used to talk about how like these guys all love each other and they eat lunch together and they're all at the facility and this and that. And I was always just like, so yeah, it doesn't matter. They didn't win anything. Like who gives a shit? Right. I feel like in certain scenarios that it can be a good thing for your team, but it's not like detrimental if it's not the case. I know? mean, if you hate each other on the floor and don't like playing basketball together, then that's a problem. Then that's a problem. But if you right. don't like each other off the floor, you don't want to hang out with each other. You're not brothers. 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 If you're not Doesn't brothers, matter. then it's fine. As long yeah. as on the floor you are. Mm-hmm. I think for basketball, I don't know about other sports. I feel like in football, maybe you have to be a little closer. Like the units, off, yeah, like, like, like offensive linemen have right. to like be super tight, and the quarterback has to be super tight with the offensive linemen and that type of stuff. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in basketball, it's just like as long as you guys get along on the floor in practice and all that stuff, yeah, it's probably fine. Especially the way the NBA is, it's like as long as LeBron, if you're on LeBron's team, if LeBron likes you, then it doesn't matter who dislikes you. <laughs> yeah, yes, you know yes. what I mean? It, like the Nets, right? If if Kevin Durant hated Kyrie Irving, right? See ya. Like, as long as Kevin Durant gets along with the people on the team and plays with them, then who cares? Yeah. This is, you know, it's a tier system in the NBA. Definitely. And there's only, like, seven guys that even matter that much. Mm-hmm. 
So. And James Harden's one of them. So at this point, he probably yeah yeah. Um, all right, here's my last overreaction. Um, I still think after watching Zion for three games that his offensive limitations are very concerning to me, and he just so happens to have gone to a team where they're not glaring because they have one of the most talented offensive players with him, mm-hmm. which is Brandon Ingram. And a bunch of other guys who are actually playing really, like J.J. Reddick's really good. Lonzo looks good. By the way, you know what's crazy? There's going to be coaches at some point that are going to teach their kids how to shoot like Lonzo Ball. You think so? His shot is so nice now. Like it's, really? It's like perfect looking. I, I, I've never seen a transformation like what he's done with his shot. Like it's, it's wild to me that like at some point when college coaches or high school coaches are making like video breakdowns of like, check, look at how this guy shoots or look at how his shooting pocket and this and that, like Lonzo's going to be in these shooting tapes. That's where his shot has gotten to, like just the form. But this is about Zion. He is still so like he in the half court, he can do one thing. He can drive to the left and get to the rim. That's it. I mean, he can play in pick and rolls, but like, you saw it firsthand in this San Antonio game on Sunday. He was 7 of 22 from the field. And teams, now that there's tape on him and now that teams have seen what he does, it's easy to game plan and guard him. Now, it's not easy to totally shut him down because he's a freak. He'll get offensive rebounds. He'll roll to the basket. They'll get lobs. He'll get putbacks and transition buckets and that type of stuff. But in a half-court offensive setting, he can't. He, he doesn't do anything. If he drives to his right, He's either driving to his right to go to a handoff or a pa- or pass it out, or he's going to his right to spin back to his left. In the post, no matter which block he's on, if he drives to the if he dribbles, makes a move to the right, it's always going to be a spin back to the left. So he can only score going to his left right now. He can't shoot. He had one assi- he had zero assists in this game. He had one assist the game before. He is extremely, extremely, extremely limited still right now offensively. And it's concerning to me only because it's not just his shot that needs to improve. Like all of his offense kind of needs to improve. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing that I said two or three years ago about Giannis. It's the same thing we've been saying about Ben Simmons. Like when you're young, it's like, oh, the ceiling and he can work on it and this and that. But when you're so far behind from an offensive skill set standpoint, can you can my wondering i'm wondering can he work his way to the point where he can be like a reliable second option for a team cuz i'm not i'm not sure based on how limited his offensive skill set is right now um i mean i think the concerns are obviously valid um it's just that like he hasn't even played in like 40 games you know what i mean that that's where i'm like yeah I, but, I'm it, not but it, worried. if he's played in a game the the, right. the skill set and the amount of games are you know, if he played in 40 games, it would still be the same skill set right now. Like, he's going to have to work on this stuff in the offseason, which exactly. sure he that's, does. That's when I would be 100% on board if but next so year. Be- I'm just, he's so far behind, though. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just like, it's the same thing with Ben Simmons. Like, he never could shoot the ball, and now he's so far behind shooting the ball that he's never going to be able to shoot the ball. Right, but Ben Simmons has been in the league for four years. and yeah, But I'll be 100% on board with you if next year he doesn't look markedly better in some of these these things, you know? Like, I just I just want to give him more time before I'm like – I mean, I'm not saying they're not concerns, you know? I'm just saying that he could look a lot different by next year. Yeah, If he course. doesn't, then it's like, okay, shit. Like, please don't squander this unbelievable athletic ability. Now, here's the thing. This might – 
and I'm not even saying this like it's a negative. Like he's still probably going to be a 10-time all-star, potential all-NBA player. He's going to do a lot of things. But for the hype, for being the first overall pick, for all these things, that guy, you want that guy, again, once again, you want that guy to be the guy who can lead you to a winning a playoff series or lead you to winning a championship. I don't know if he'll be that guy, right? That doesn't mean that he's not going to be an all-star and a Hall of Famer and all that stuff because there are plenty of those guys who weren't the main guy on, an, on a, a championship team. But for a guy, you know, hyped and pegged as the next th- big thing and all this stuff, his limitations are very concerning because I still, on the floor, like, I still think when it comes down to down down the line, later on in the year, Steven Adams is playing really well for them. But when it comes to, like, big, like game-winning time, their best lineup is going to be Zion at the five right now because it's going to be really hard to space the floor with Zion and Steven Adams on the floor together. Like, right now, there's sets, like, I'd say... A quarter of the sets that New Orleans is running right now, they're playing four on five because Zion just stands in the corner and no one cares. They don't care. if he, They care because yeah. they don't want him to, ha- to get a back cut and a lob at the rim. But if he's just standing in the corner and you have your eyes like on ball and man and you see where he's at, he's a non-threat and you're playing four on five. And that becomes an issue if you also have another guy in Steven Adams who is limited and can only score within five feet of the rim. So, yes, it's year two. He didn't play. He really didn't play last year. Yes, he can change. I'm just saying right now, it's still he's still really limited. There's a lot of things he can't do offensively. I'm with you. No, I hear you. Um, I think it's totally fair. Um, I just, yeah, I just think I won't ramp up my concern until next year. In which case, I'll ramp it up twice as fast. Like I'll be like, this is really bad, you know. But, yeah, uh, I'm just gonna give him that that leash. Uh, I'm not saying you're not. I, I hear yeah, you. I hear you. Um, all right. Your last one was about the uh, no fans, right? Yeah. Um, I'm just – well, let's see what this uh, final score of the Lakers game is. I, I'm just kind of wondering if – or predicting kind of like these huge blowouts, like a 50-pointer for the Clippers. Um, like if that – if we might see that a little bit more often this year because teams Maybe are not willing – Maybe not 50, but – Yeah, but yeah, 35, 40-point blowouts. Yeah. I'm wondering if we're going to see more of those this year because teams pack it in like – like I don't. I think you're less likely to give up when there's 20,000 fans that have paid a ticket and are there either cheering, booing, something like that, whereas the total absence of that, it's just like – that like we we lost, you know. We started out one for fifteen from three. Screw this. Let, let let's get on the plane. We'll get a fresh start, you know. And just see that happening more with nobody around to watch you than when you've got twenty thousand fans who paid their hard earned money, you know, are, are talking to you, you know. I mean, th- those players can hear the fans right next to them. So I- I'm just wondering if we're gonna have a, an uptick in really ugly games because teams pack it in in the first or second quarter. And say screw this. Um, That's possible. I don't like. I don't think a game like Lakers T Wolves. Yeah, I mean that like one's a, not shocking, especially with Towns it's also, out. But it's also in LA. Yeah. Like I guess yeah. I mean the Clippers thing could definitely be. You I mean, could yeah, definitely that, probably that's just like, too weird. Fifty points by a, a championship contender. It, that's. It's bizarre. Yeah. yeah. 
that's i mean that's it's probably, not really an overreaction it's more of just like a yeah no i that's true um it's possible i don't yeah i, I think you if you ask any athlete they'll probably especially in, in basketball they'll tell you that you know the crowd helps them because like yeah when you're trying to make a run teams can't they have trouble communicating on defense when the crowd's loud and all that stuff so yeah I don't see why I wouldn't. So you might be right. I don't think probably not 50 point blowouts, but yeah. Well, also, one thing I will also attribute to that, there's a lot of really really bad teams in the NBA. Like really bad NBA teams. Yeah. So now it just so happened that one of like the five best teams in the NBA is the team that lost by 50. But yeah, there's just there, so weird. There are some like there are some awful teams. Um actually all the teams that got blown out today are good. So, hold on. I gotta address this comment. Thank you, Arsenal. My 76ers were terrible tonight without Joel. I feel you, man. 76ers are my team as well. That yeah. was ugly. Um, go back a uh, 15, 20 minutes in this episode, and you'll, you'll yeah, hear we, us talk we about addressed that, yeah. that and basically got into how if Philly had if Philly really can trade Ben Simmons for Harden after what Harden did the other night, there shouldn't be any doubts. It should be done already. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like I've always been. I've never, you know me, Alex. Obviously, you know me. I think um, I've been really hard on Joel Embiid for a long time. Mm-hmm. But what I saw in the first couple games, if Doc has him playing that way, he could be an absolute dominant player in the league. And they're clearly not very good with that, without yeah, him. They're, they're, they Either they're not, not good without team. him, or Cleveland really is fucking great. But I don't think. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> I don't they're think not that. I, I said Cleveland's good. They're not that they're good. Great. No business yeah. losing by that amount to this yeah. team. Um, by the way, before we wrap up, I do want to say this: the the Lakers won one twenty seven ninety one against Minnesota tonight. No Carl Anthony Towns. If you saw last game, he took a really hard fall. He dislocated his wrist. It's the same wrist that he had surgery on last year that ended his season. But it's I guess a different like a different injury. Uh, he's out indefinitely so i mean they're saying they don't think it'll be super long but this sucks yeah this sucks. goes we literally last episode we're talking about how he's the guy you want to root for this year after everything he's been through this off season and obviously everyone's been through a lot of stuff but he in particular is very publicly uh reported what he's gone through and now they started off the season looking really good like he's looked great it looks like they maybe put together the right pieces um, to potentially be a maybe a playoff team finally for him, and now he gets hurt. Yeah. And hopefully, it's not as bad. You hope. I mean, I just like dislocated wrist sounds terrible. I know. I don't I even really. I, I've never like. I know you can fracture your wrist. I, I guess your whole hand. I, I don't know. I, don't I can't really even imagine. Yeah. Like, like I've seen fingers and shoulders. Like shoulder, you. Yeah, you can't, no, I understand. Shoulder, I've seen. Like fingers, I've seen firsthand, but like I can't even imagine a wrist. I've heard of like wrist or ankle. Can you imagine a dislocated ankle? No, I that I mean, <laughs> I think I'd rather just break it. You know, I I don't know. It just sounds horrible and gross. I'm looking at their schedule schedule right now because I'm thinking like if he misses ten games, like they're not good enough for them to stay. You know, four and. F- Six. They're probably going to lose eight of those games. Yeah, and their schedule is kind of tough. And it's a t- and ten less games this year. Yeah. So they've got. I mean, they've got L.A. coming up. They got Washington. They played Denver twice. San Antonio twice. I mean, speaking of schedule, 
by the way, just to go back to the Warriors. Yeah. They play the Pistons next, right? Okay. And then they play like 12 or 13 straight games against playoff teams. Wow. I'm pulling it up right now. It's They play like the Clippers back-to-back and the Blazers back-to-back. And it, 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 they play some this, East, the East Sacramento's team. in there, but then other than that, I don't see But Sacramento's <laughs> not playing bad right now. I know. Like, I don't they played bad tonight, but Sacramento's still better than the Warriors right now. Without Draymond, yes. So it, it, they needed this win. Because if they if they lose to the Pistons and they're one and three and then they go on this stretch that they're about to go on, it's over. Like they're not a playoff team. It's going to be too much. They're going to dig themselves such a hole. At some point, Steph will have an injury and mm. probably won't play anymore. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Although he is getting paid forty million dollars, so they might be like, Steph, you gotta you gotta cut this one out. For yeah, me. but if they could, but imagine they get another lottery pick, another Wiseman type, not Wiseman type because obviously he's a center, but. Another like standout rookie to go with Steph and Clay comes back healthy. So the, the, it, you're telling me the revenge tour is just one delayed one year is what you're saying. Well, it's definitely delayed. <laughs> I mean, they're not they're not getting revenge on anybody this year. In fact, it's probably the opposite. The league is getting revenge on the Warriors. That's a good point. They're like, oh, you thought you got smacked last year? Well. It, Here's just second helping of being yeah. the worst team in the in league. Fact, in fact, Kelly Olynyk is a, is like a, uh, what's it called? He's like a mercenary from <laughs> sent by the rest of the league to ruin the Warriors. Is that what's happening here? Yeah. He has like an under-the-table deal with other teams in the league to be awful. <laughs> like they're circumventing the salary cap and just paying him double his salary to just... Be the worst player in the NBA this season. Oh, Kelly Oubre. I was going to say, you said Kelly Olenek. So I was like, oh, what oh, am I missing here? Kelly, Kelly Olenek. I said, meant Kelly Oubre. Yeah, Kelly Oubre. Gotcha, gotcha. That's a, that makes a lot of sense because he's not this bad. We were raving about Kelly Oubre in the offseason. The um, guy has seven field goals and six of them are dunks. Oh, he's, my God. Dude, I know PER. You know the stat P. It's like a dumb stat, but his is negative. Right? I didn't even know that was possible. <laughs> yeah, because it's all offensive based. It's an offensive based metric. Yeah, and it's oh, it's based on like a replacement player. So they'd be they'd basically just be better. No, no, it. it's not. It's not. Oh okay. no, that's then how can they value over replacement? But um, I probably negative because he's zero for seventeen from three and his feel he's probably turned the ball over a bunch. I bet he has a negative oh, assist to turnover ratio. The probably turnovers got him negative. Holy shit! <laughs> he had zero assists and three turnovers tonight. So, Kelly Oubre, man. Let me tell you something, man. It's a good-looking dude. Not a good-looking basketball player right now. Well said. It's not. Well said. not it's not. It's unfortunate. Because good-looking people really need a win, you know? Right, yeah. It's, it's, <laughs> they really needed one. They really needed Kelly to do this for them. Yeah, he needs more breaks in his life. He didn't get enough yeah, breaks yeah, in the no. genetic lottery. Nope. Um, all right. That's it for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow. What's the schedule tomorrow? Is there is it a big slate for Monday uh, night? I would imagine that it's not because so many of these teams are back-to-back. Let's see here. Five games tomorrow. What's a late game? Lakers-Blazers. That's a good one. And we got – that's at 10. And then Rockets-Nuggets is at 9. Got you. All right, so we'll be back at midnight tomorrow night. Sounds good. All right. See you guys later. Have a good one.